Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. But I, I want to give you the title of my message, which is With My Whole Heart, but not just the title. I want to give you the aim and purpose of where we're going today. And I don't know if you've ever heard someone tell a story and you've said to somebody, you thought to yourself, where are they going with this? It's like, I don't know, what, where are they going with this? Just, just turn to someone and say, where is he going with this? Where, where is he going with this? Um, but I, I, I want to... I want to talk from, of this subject with my whole heart and I'll tell you the aim and purpose and where we're going with this message and then we can decide whether we get there at the end. But this is my aim and desire today. This is my prayer that at the end of our time together that you will be inspired, equipped and reminded and helped to open up your whole heart to praise God. That's, that's the aim today, that by the end of our time together, our hearts, our hearts will be more open, and our, our hearts will be fully open to fully praise God. Psalm 103, I'm gonna read from Psalm 103 in the New Living Translation. And David um, writes a lot of songs in the Bible, and this is one of them. It says this, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let us, he forgives, sorry, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. I love this. David writes, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He will not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. Are we okay? We're going to keep going. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He's removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers we bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we have never been here. That's a nice encouraging thought for us this morning. But the love of the Lord remains forever. With those who fear Him, His salvation extends to the children's children. I love what Pastor Malcolm shared about leading something for the next generation, but the generation after that. That's what God is like. Of those who are faithful to His covenant, of those who obey His commandments. The Lord has made the heavens. I love this. David's getting into it now. The Lord has made the heavens His throne. From there, He rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels. He takes it to the angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. That's a, come on, that's good. That's good Bible right there. That's good Bible. 
you know, and I've been, I've been thinking about this psalm for a while, or I should say meditating because it sounds more spiritual. I've been meditating on this, 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 this thought about praise the Lord, all my soul. Another translation said, with all my heart, all that's within me. And, you know, I just want to encourage you, it's good from time to time, if the Holy Spirit's kind of getting your attention, to just stay on a verse to stay on a certain part of the Bible. And this is a familiar psalm to me. It's a familiar song. Um, but I've just been thinking about it. Praise the Lord with all that's within me. I love Psalm 103, especially those first two verses. Uh, I think about them when I'm coming to worship God or praise God. They can be a little bit like an espresso kick in the morning, like praise God with everything I am. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're praising God. But after I've been thinking, sorry, meditating on, on these verses, I, I've realised that this is more than just an espresso verse, just something to kind of get our minds on worshiping God. And by the way, can I just say the sense of God as we've been worshiping today has been very real in this place. But as I've been thinking about what it means to praise God with all that's within me and with my whole heart, I've realized it's more than just, like I say, a little bit of a kick to kind of get my eyes on. God and maybe put my hands up in the air, but it's a significant and deliberate and maybe costly choice that I have to choose to make. To praise God with my whole heart. To praise God with all that's within me. Because the reality is, church, to, to praise God with my whole heart might mean that I have to engage in trusting God. It, it might mean that I have to engage in surrender. If I'm going to praise God with all that's in, within me, I, I might have to engage with obedience, doing the last thing that he told me to do. If I'm going to praise God with my whole heart, it might mean that I have to actually engage in forgiveness. If I'm going to praise God with everything that's in me, I might have to engage with surrender, laying down, praise God with my whole heart. And this, this is what Proverbs 14 verse 10, we're talking about our heart. It says, every heart knows its own bitterness and no one can ever fully share its joy. So there's a uniqueness to every single person sitting in a chair here today. You have your own thing going off in your heart. You've got your own challenges. You've got your own joys. You've got your own burdens. And, and this is the reality to engage with my whole heart towards God may mean that I have and probably means and definitely means that I have to engage with my whole heart myself. Wow. I have to engage with my whole heart. And that's all right when I'm doing, I'm feeling okay. But what if I don't want to engage with my whole heart? What if I've never engaged with my whole heart? What if there's parts of my heart that have got fear in that I don't want to think about? What if there's parts of my heart that's got pain in, that I don't want to go there? In conversations with people, sometimes we hit a certain subject and it's like, I don't even want to think about that. Park that. As guys, we can be quite good at compartmentalizing stuff. Let's just put that in a drawer and never think about that again and just deal with that. So we can talk about engaging God with our whole heart, but sometimes we don't even want to face up with what's going on in our own hearts. What if there's things that I'm scared of in my own heart? I just felt to say, actually, when we were talking about Jesus being a light in the darkness, I, I want to speak to any adventure kids here today, any of our amazing children, and I wanted to say to you, if you are afraid of the dark, 
I just felt to remind you and say quite strongly to you, if you ever get scared in the dark, that Jesus is the light of the whole world and Jesus is brighter than any darkness. And if you, I want you to do that. If you, if you are scared of the dark, I want you to listen to me, look at me right now and remember what I said to you. I want you to say, when you're scared of the dark, thank you, Jesus, that you are brighter than the darkness. I want you to say, thank you, Jesus, that you are the light of the world. Every time you get scared of the dark, I want you to say, Jesus, thank you that you are the light of the world. Jesus, I want to thank you that you are brighter than the darkness. And I believe as you do that, peace is going to come into your heart. And something that used to scare you will not scare you anymore. I want you to remember that. Jesus, thank you. You might feel scared. Thank you that you are brighter than the darkness. Jesus, thank you that you are the light of the world. But that's not just for children. There might be darkness in our own hearts. I love this. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You was all hoping that I was going to that other Jeremiah scripture about plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And I'm talking about your heart being wicked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because the fact is, in this room, there are, we're churchgoers and we are blood-washed believers. If you're new here, that's a good thing, by the way. Oh, you're baptised in water, spirit-filled, but we're also humans. I'm talking to humans today. And yes, I'm talking to humans that are brilliant, inspired, kind, generous, magnanimous. Don't know what it means, but it sounds great. <laughs> Strong, empathetic, dependable, relatable, funny, resourceful, all these things, but we're also humans who falter. Humans who second guess ourselves. Humans who overanalyze. Humans who are self-critical of ourselves and others. Humans who judge themselves by their intentions and others by their actions. Humans who are regretful. Humans who are spiteful. Humans who have deep pain. Humans who have deep insecurities. Humans who are self-deprecating. Humans who are in desperate need of God. So we, we hear David's talk to us about praise the Lord God with all that's within me, but you throw all of that stuff into the mix. Stuff that I, I didn't even like about my own heart. Stuff that I've not engaged with. Stuff that I know God doesn't like and now I'm going to praise Him with everything that's within me before a holy and perfect God. Really? This is not as maybe as straightforward as I thought. If we're really going to engage God with all that's within us, we can't just engage God with the faith bit in us if we're going to be true to what is being required of us. We've got to bring our whole selves, our whole heart, and that engage, means engaging with the parts of us that maybe we don't want to. You know, if, if I had lost my phone and I said, hey, can I, can I just borrow your phone? Um, lots of you would be like, sure, expecting me just to make a quick phone call and hand the phone back to you. But if I said, um, oh, can I, just, can I just borrow your phone, Luke, for a couple of days? What's the passcode? Now, some of you, you're like, you don't think that's a big problem because all your phone does is literally make calls. You've not got a smartphone, so you're like, what's the big deal? You know, you've, got, you know, you've got a very simple phone, Kirsty Widdison. But the rest of us, the rest of us, with smartphone, it's time. It's time to get an iPhone. It's the word of the Lord. Sick of that green message coming up. It's doing my head in. Just, do, just, just deal with it. In Jesus' name. In fact, someone bless her, okay? Someone bless her at the end. And uh, <laughs> please, costing his money, costing his money to, to contact you. But if, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I said, hey, listen, I'm going to take your, 
take your phone for a few days. Now suddenly you're, you're, not, you're getting a bit twitchy because it's stuff on your phone that you might not want me to see. Just because it's private messages that you've sent people, all your bank details, maybe those photo selfies that didn't make it to Instagram. I mean, why have I not deleted these? It's just like, look. All of that stuff. Hey, maybe there's stuff on your phone that shouldn't be on your phone. Can I have your phone for a couple of days? No. Let me just lock some things and delete some things and then you can. But when we're praising God with everything, it means I'm showing God my whole phone. You see it all, God. It's, this is all laid out before you. That's what it means to praise God with our whole heart. And if you're new here, and a reminder, if you are a Christian, we know that this is so important. This whole issue of bringing our whole selves and our whole heart to God isn't like just something that we should do from time to time. This is the gospel. When you give your life to Jesus, it's a 100% wholehearted, all-in deal. We see this through the Bible. Number one, it's about obedience. Somebody comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, just break it down for me. Give me the headline. What is the most important thing? And this is what Jesus replied to this person in Matthew 22, verse 36 to 37. It says, it says this, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your strength. So it's about obedience, this thing to do with wholeheartedness. It's, it's the greatest commandment. It's wholehearted. Secondly, it's, it's about relationship. It's about relationship. I love this translation, the Passion Translation. Romans 8 verse 16, it says, For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as He whispers where into our innermost being you are God's beloved child. This whole issue to do with wholeheartedness is not just about, okay, now I've got to drum up this wholehearted, everything, see me God response because He's just God. It's also about giving our affection because we're in relationship with Him. We're in relationship with with him. I love in our vision booklets, it talks about these, the fact that Christianity is not do but done. Religion is do. I've got to earn my way up to God. And, and no, this is not religion. This is relationship. I worship God in my whole heart because I'm in relationship with him. And thirdly, I want to say this whole issue of worshiping God with our whole heart, it's about protection. It's about protection. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says this, Above all else, guard your what? Guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Listen to me. Some of you are avoiding sin and not making stupid decisions, not because you're a super Christian, but just because your heart's fully engaged with God. And because your heart's engaged with God, and you make mistakes, sure, but the, the posture of your heart is open. You're not hiding stuff. And because of that, you're avoiding like the temptations of this world, so to speak. And you're avoiding all the pitfalls that, that that devil wants to throw at you because your heart's open to God. You're guarding your heart by focusing on Him. Others of us are falling into the same mistakes over and over again because we've not opened up our heart to God. And we're not protected because our heart's divided. We're distracted. But I think the best kind of protection from the schemes of the enemy is to keep our hearts open to God. That, I believe that's the best kind of God in our heart. It's like when, when the world wants to look over here, I'm like, no, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to focus my attention on you. So what do we do with all this stuff that's in our hearts? And we know it's about obedience, it's about relationship, it's our protection. But how do we navigate our way 
through this. And I love Psalm 103 because I believe that David gives us a bit of a strategy to how to get our hearts fully engaged with God. He gives us like this kind of strategy as he writes and pens this hymn to God that helps us as believers to engage with our whole hearts because I believe something powerful happens when we do. And the first thing that I want to say is David made it a priority. He made it a priority. Three P's because I'm a preacher and you've got to alliterate sometimes. First P, he makes it a priority. I want to say David brings leadership to his own heart. He brings leadership to his own soul. Psalm 103 in the NIV that lots of you will be familiar with, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. He speaks to his own soul. He brings leadership to his own soul, his own heart. He makes it a priority. He knows that his heart isn't just going to get to a whole heart of praise on its own. This isn't about waiting for God to do something. David had to bring leadership to his self. Sometimes if... um, if, 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 if one of my daughters is about to do something cheeky, they walk off looking sheepish. And me and Naomi all might say, where are you going? And then they'll say, nowhere. It's like, where are you going? Or sometimes it's me actually. Daddy, where are you going? Nowhere. Don't go in that chocolate cupboard. We know where you're going. Where are you going? Nowhere. Where are you going? Nowhere. You're going to do something that you shouldn't do or something cheeky. You know, sometimes uh, we need to say to our hearts, heart, where are you going? I need to bring leadership to my own heart. Where are you going? Why are you trusting in that yourself over that, what the Word of God? Where are, you, where are you going, heart? David makes it a priority. He brings leadership to his own heart because the Bible says this, we are like sheep who've gone astray. And the fact of the matter is, as complex and brilliant as you are, we are prone to wonder. Our hearts are prone to wonder. And sometimes we need to say, heart, where are you going? We, our family stay with family friends and They've got a dog called Orla and they have trained Orla to be obedient. And um, we were excited about going for a walk and we haven't got a dog. We're not getting a dog, kids. We're not, we're not just, uh, you know, that right now. Um, but, <laughs> okay, don't give me, oh, no, 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 no. I should, let's not open this up for debate. Um, so, so we're walking the dog called Orla and, um, and they chain, they've chained their Orla that when you say with me, Orla, I think we've got a picture, Orla dutifully kind of, kind of comes to your side. There we go. Come to your side. And um, so, so you walk with Orla and say, Orla with me. And Orla will like just kind of come next to you. Well, that's the idea anyway. Like, but because we're not dog people and we don't walk the dog as often as these people, we're all excited. So we're all having to go like, Orla with me, Orla with me, Orla with me. And Orla's kind of like just comes and walks alongside. What's your point, Lawrence? I think sometimes, often, our spirit needs to say to our heart with me. Our spirit needs to say to our heart, this is where we're going. You need to come here. David makes it. He makes it a priority. We need to make it a priority. And secondly, I love this. He, he gains a different perspective. This is really important. Through the psalm, what David does, David doesn't spend the rest of the psalm. He, he has to bring leadership to his own heart, but he doesn't spend the rest of the psalm beating himself up. You're such an idiot. You're so stupid. You need, to, you need to praise God. God did everything for you. Why are you being like this? He doesn't do that. 
all he does is gain a different perspective and starts to talk about everything that God has done for him. He talks about the fact that his personal benefits that is received from God. He talks about God's mercies to the people of Israel. He talks about the character of God's reign. He talks about God's compassion on the people as sinners. He talks about the vastness of God's love and its unending perseverance. That's what he does. He, he, he gets a different perspective and starts thinking about what God has done for him. The key to you opening up your heart is not just trying to drum it up in your own strength, but remembering, remembering what God has done for us. That's the key. That's relationship. This is not religion. This is not, this is about us responding. Wholehearted worship to God is a response to everything that He's done for us. And as simple as it may seem, we need to be deliberate about remembering. If we're going to get to wholehearted worship, the only thing that's going to open up my heart isn't me just trying, it's remembering what God has done. And David does that. He says, thank you, God, that you, you forgive all my sins. Thank you, God, that you've, you've, you've delivered me from the pit of hell. Thank you, God Almighty. And I love it. David starts speaking to his soul, but by the end of it, he's like, he gets so into it, he starts speaking to the angels. He sells his soul to praise God. And then by the end of it, it's like, angels, you praise God too. The angels are like, we all, bro. Like, calm down. Like, we... He takes it to a heavenly perspective. I actually think we should think, um, maybe you do. I don't as much as we should, but heaven's a real place and hell's a real place, right? And the fact of the matter is we've been saved and for many of us, we're going to heaven. And the Bible talks a lot and Jesus talks a lot about not doing stuff just for here, but doing stuff for there. One day, we're going to give an account for everything we've done. And the good stuff will be grey and the rest will just be burnt up. And I think sometimes we just remember, I love David takes it to a heavenly perspective. No, no, the, my life is not just about here. My life's also about there. Heaven, real place, a heavenly perspective. He talks about, and I maybe write these down, things down. He talks about what God has done for him. And he talks about what God has done for the wider community. And then he talks about the greatness of God. And I just love that pattern. Maybe you find yourself here and maybe you just need to think about what God has done for you. And maybe think about if you can't even get to what God's done for you, David takes you to the people of Israel. Maybe some things that God's done for the wider community. And then maybe for you, it's like, I can't think of anything. I'm just going to talk about the greatness of God. But the reality is David got a different perspective. If we're going to worship from a whole heart, we need to as well. And thirdly, in the banking, Joy Moon, done this a little bit out of, Sync from how David writes it, but I'm preaching today and he's in heaven, so it's all good. But we make it personal. Um, David, David made it personal. He talked about and recounted everything that God had done for him. And he was specific and deliberate about recounting the goodness of God towards his own heart. Not because he felt like it, but he made a choice. And never done this before, might be a little bit awkward, but I've got four questions for your heart. I I wanna talk to your heart today. It's a little bit awkward, I know. We're gonna navigate this, it's gonna be okay. I wanna bypass your brain and your intellect and kinda just wanna talk to your heart. Four questions based upon the the truth of God's word, read a statement from the Bible and then from that statement, ask your heart a question. 
And I'm, a, I'm an optimist, I'm full of faith, but I'm also a realist in that sense. And know that for some of us today, um, getting to a whole heart of praise um, may not happen by the end of this service because there's some stuff that you're really going to have to engage with. For some of us, you like life's good. You have to like, I'm, all, I'm already there. Um, but for some of us, it, it takes a level of introspection that we've, we've maybe been avoiding. And we're called Heart Church, right? <laughs> we, we, this season that we're in, is, it's, it's only going to be more exciting, more growing, more demanding. And I just don't want us pretending church. I don't want any casualties along the way and thought, oh, I thought that person was okay. No, they wasn't okay. They, they'd stopped engaging their heart. Maybe you know what that's like when you've turned to someone and said, oh, their, their heart's not in it anymore. Just don't feel like their heart's in it. No, we're a heart church. We are not perfect. We are not the most amazing. But hey, maybe we can be people who learn to engage from our heart and just be honest and be real. So four questions for your heart today. If you're making notes and you want to write something down, you might want to take the brightness down, especially so people don't see what you're writing down. Again, reading from the Passion Translation, Psalm 103, verse 1. With my whole heart, with my whole life, with my innermost being, I bow and wonder and love before you, the Holy God. My whole heart, my whole life, my innermost being. Number question, question for your heart today. Number one, which part of your heart is hiding away today? Which part of your heart is hiding? It's hiding. When I was celebrating with um, someone was sharing a while ago now about what God had done for them at the beginning of the year as a community, we wrote down what we're believing for in 2018. Anyone remember that? You still got those cards and and they put like three things down and like God had come through and all of those things. And I was really happy for them. And as I was thinking about that, I was reminded about what I wrote down at the beginning of the year. And I, I remembered I was very cautious about what I wrote down, Luke. I was very, I was quite tepid. And it was like the Spirit of God was like awakening me to kind of go, what was that all about, Lawrence? What, what stopped you believing for great things from me why did you play it safe there part of my heart was hiding away maybe it was disappointment maybe it was a bit of fear when I'm talking about bringing a whole heart yeah I'm talking about all that <laughs> talk about that stuff what part of your heart is hiding away what part of your heart do you need to go back and get say no no we've got to engage with God with this question based upon him being amazing what, what part of your heart is hiding away today. Number two, this is what it says in Psalm 2 to 3, Psalm 103, Yahweh, another word for God, Yahweh, you are my soul celebration. I love this. How could I ever forget the miracle of kindness you've done for me? You've kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. You've healed me inside and out from every disease. Question number two, what guilt and shame in you, question for your heart, what guilt and shame in you needs to be reminded that you're totally and completely forgiven? What guilt and shame in you needs to be reminded that you're totally and completely 
forgiving? How do you bring a whole heart of praise when there's so much stuff in us that we get wrong? We remember that we're absolutely, completely, 100% forgiven by God. And that's the thing that makes us able, makes your heart able to stand before God. I don't know what you're ashamed of. Maybe you're a perfectionist and you just you always feel like you've got to do something else. Maybe you're suffering with mother guilt or husband guilt or friend guilt. feel like you're always disappointing people and you, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know. If you literally have something on your phone right now and it's so awkward that you, I brought that up right now. What's the guilt and shame in you that would stop you bringing your whole heart of praise to God? What? Who's let you down? Where do you feel like you're not enough? What have you been doing this summer when your routines are out that would stop you bringing a whole heart of praise? I mean, your praise got to lift your heart, but when I'm talking about engaging with God on Wednesday afternoon, it would cause you to cower away. What guilt and shame in you needs to be reminded that you're completely forgiven, washed by the blood of the Lamb, what part of your heart? You know, God so loves you, eh? And uh, we say it a lot, and you all look really amazing. You're a very attractive church. Um, some of you are like, I know. Um, I don't really care how you look today, or you've all been very orderly and sitting in a See, it's great. And we look at the outside and we make our adjustments from the outside, but God's looking at your heart. I didn't plan to stay here, but I just want to make sure that if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I just want to make sure that you fully know that you're completely forgiven from all of your transgressions. And the things that you're going to do next week or tomorrow or doing right now, that are offensive to God because of what Jesus Christ did for you, it means you can bring that thing to Him. It means you can praise Him with your whole heart and be open towards Him because it's covered by the blood of Jesus. You don't have to. Listen to me. You don't have to go and work it out then come back to God. You can praise Him with a whole heart right now knowing that you're completely forgiven. What part of your heart needs to be reminded? Number Number three, Psalm 103 verse five says, so, sorry, Psalm 103 verse four says, you've rescued me from hell and saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy. Question for your heart, <laughs> where would you be if it wasn't for Jesus? He saved you from hell. <laughs> just a question for your heart. Just to, Sometimes we just need to be reminded to kind of get out from where we are. Thank you, Jesus, that I can know I can know eternity with you. These truths help open up our heart and question for what good, I love this, Psalm 103 verse five, you satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I can soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. This is the truth. God satisfies you with good things and he wants to renew your youth like the eagles. He's stuff that he's waiting to do for you. So a question for your heart, something for you to think about, consider what good things has Jesus brought into your life and what new thing are you believing he will do? For your heart to think about what good things has Jesus brought in your life and what new thing are you believing 
he will do because as we remind ourselves of these incredible truths, I believe our hearts begin to open up afresh. Okay, God, no, I can trust you. I will open up my heart. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.